We'll be reading out of Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and commanded that some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. But he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach! Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'm going to do something for next week. I've been compiling a list of books that I have read, other than the Bible, that has shaped my Christian life and my walk. And I'm going to share that. I'm going to put a list in the bulletin. Here are the books that I've read. Here are the things that God's used to to shape and mold me. Some are old. Fox's Book of Martyrs. You're familiar with that book? Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's like all of the followers of Christ from old, like way, way, way back when, that they gave their lives for Christ. They died. And it's all their stories. Two, something that's new. One that I just got the other day from Francis Chan called Crazy Love. It's about how much God loves you. So I'm going to put this list together, but I'll I'll have it and and send it out to everybody. It'll be in the bulletins. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Familiar story, correct? You know about the fiery furnace? Let me ask you, have you ever been on the hot seat? (laughs) Yes, right? Been on the hot seat. 
Have you ever been on the hot seat because of something you believe? Not because you did something wrong, but because of what you believe is true. What you know is true, that you've stood for something. Here's your sermon in a sentence. Fire refines your faith. Fire refines your faith. Daniel chapter 3, needless to say, there's a lot in this chapter. There's a lot in this passage that we can pull out. We're going to pull out a couple things that um, isn't your normal Sunday school lesson. Okay? How many of you guys read Daniel chapter 3? Okay. Got an understanding, got a basic, got a concept. Right? Okay. Number one. Don't forget who you are. Let me explain. It was Babylonian policy under Nebuchadnezzar that all that were selected from those taken captive were to be re-educated, have special training, that their names should be changed. Hananiah became Shadrach. Okay? Hananiah became Shadrach. Hananiah means Jehovah, God Almighty, has been gracious. His new name? Command of the moon God. Michel became Meshach. Michel, who is like God? Meshach means who is a coup? It's a good question. <laughs> who is a coup? A coup is not the Almighty, okay? He is a pagan god. Azariah became Abednego. Azariah, his name means Jehovah, God Almighty, has helped. Abednego, slave of the god Nebo. So there are times when we get taken in captivity. And we get in a place where we don't want to be. And so the enemy starts to re-educate our minds on who we were into what he wants us to be. Leaving our God, our identity behind. And we become, or are tried to become, this new person in a land that we are not familiar with. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't let that happen, did they? That's because where they were in the battle that they were in wasn't about a fiery furnace. The battle that they were in was about, will you turn your back on the one who made you? And their answer was no. We won't. Don't let your circumstances define you. Sometimes that's hard because we get into trials and we get into difficulties and we start saying things about who we are. Man, I'm so forgetful. It can be as simple as that. Man, I just don't, I just don't think like the way that I used to. I certainly can't move the way that I used to. 
But we start speaking these things, and that's not how God sees us, because what we start talking about are our shortcomings, our faults. And that's not how God sees us. He sees us as that God has been gracious in our lives. He sees us as ones who will declare the Most High. He sees us as those ones whom He is willing to help. Don't let your circumstances define you. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and several others had gone through all of this training. And they had come to a point when they were going to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar. But they're not going to do that. One of the great things that I see in this is that they all banded together. They stuck together. You know that feeling of being out there alone on your own? Mm-hmm. We've all been there. But when you have someone to partner with, when you have someone to walk alongside, when you have someone to encourage you, when you have someone to hold you accountable in the things that you need help with, there is strength in numbers. Right? There is strength in numbers. There's a reason that Jesus sent out the disciples two by two. Accountability. You feed off of each other. Why is it when you get around somebody that's happy and joyful and encouraging, you feel encouraged? You want to stay, you want to be around that person. Because that's the, what that is, is because <laughs> that's the flow of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what that is. When you sense that and you feel that, and you want to be around that, because you know what? It activates something inside of you, does it not? Your mindset begins to shift. You may be the most negative person when you walk into their presence, but somehow, some way, and you may walk off going, I can't believe that I just gave somebody a compliment. That actually came out of my mouth. That's amazing. But that's the power of God working. And so you have these three guys that have teamed up together. Every one of them knowing what their original Hebrew name meant. Because back then, when you named your children, you named them with a purpose. The meaning of their name is what you called them. Because that's what God showed the parent that He had instilled in that child. So when that child grew up, and every time their name was spoken, from the parent to them themselves, to someone else that called upon them, they were reminded of what their name meant. Powerful, huh? That's a parenting class. Ian. Scottish form of John. John means God's beloved. Christopher, my middle name. Carrier of Christ. Thomas, that I had added. Twin. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? So when I write my name or I sign my name, I know what I'm writing. God's beloved carrier of Christ. Wow. 
Really? So these guys knew what their name meant, and for their names to be changed was offensive. You have to leave everything behind. Your identity is not that. It's this. Because this is what we believe. And we want you to worship these gods. So it wasn't just the fact that we're, we don't want you to worship your God. Nebuchadnezzar was stealing everything that they had been given by God. This was, the game is on. And they watched many of their friends give over to that, and give over to that, and give over to that. But there was something in them, something, right? Something in them that told them, no, we're going to stand for this, because this is who we are, this is what we believe. But they did it together. Strength in numbers, accountability, in the light of sometimes the right thing isn't the popular thing. But they did it. They stood together. Third, they had the right mindset. Surrender. They had surrendered to whatever God was going to do. Then they would rather put their future in His hands than what was before them. Surrender. We talked about that last week in worship. Surrender. I give up. Right? You get pulled over, I give up. It's fresh on my mind. <laughs> Hands outside the window. <laughs> but you do you surrender, you give up and you're just like, "Okay, do we do that with the Lord?" When there's a tough circumstance in front of us, do we, all right, Lord, however you want to deal with this, however you want to deal with this. Because when we get into those situations, when we get into the hot seat, your worry will not lead you out. Your faith will. Your worry will not. We all know that, right? We all get on that mental lopsided tricycle that goes in circles over and over and over again. And you pass the same things over and over. And you entertain the same thoughts. And we need to ask the Lord in those situations to have our minds shift from the question of what if to even if. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I made, that will be very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves. 
We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. When we're in the hot seat, when we're in difficult situations, too often we are busy figuring out, oh, what if this happens or what if that happens? And we can't go there. It's not about the what ifs. It's about the even if. That surrender. I will do what's right. I will stay this course. I will follow what God has in front of me. I will trust in the one whom I am named even if. He doesn't choose to save me. Do I believe that he can? Absolutely. Even if. Even if. At some point in our lives, we've all heard just amazing inspirational stories. Of people, situations, circumstances, whatever it may be. And in those stories, God is glorified. There's a mountaintop at the end that God has saved. He has been there. He has protected. He has been who He says that He is. And that's what we walk away from those stories with. That's why they're inspirational. Because the ending is triumphant. The reason those stories are inspirational is because of the valley before the mountaintop. That's why they're inspirational. They came against the odds. They believed in who God is. They stayed the course. They walked out their faith. It wasn't about what if. It was about even if. And they followed him to the very pinnacle of who he said that he would be to you and I. And that lifts our hearts, church. That is what lifts our hearts. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They stepped into the furnace. Fell in, but you know what I mean. They didn't back off of that. And immediately, what did Nebuchadnezzar see? He saw the fourth man in the fire. Something tells me that he was with them before they fell in. Because God is always with you, is he not? He is ever present. So it wasn't the fact that they fell into the fire and God showed up. God was there the whole time. He was the one that gave them the courage to say, no, I'm not going to bow down. But he was the one that showed up visibly in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar pulled them out, right? He pulled them out, and then what did he do? We're going to serve your God. Sometimes we need to understand that our fire is not about us. Our fire is about the people watching. That can grind the gears a little bit because oftentimes we're thinking about us. Not that we're super selfish or those type of things, but we're watching, okay, you know, God, please work in my life. And But are you willing to walk into the fire for somebody else that you don't know 
that changed your name, that stole your identity, that wants you to be somebody else. It's funny, some of what we saw, the exact same thing in Esther. And too often when we're in the fire, we are our focus. But God is using us and will use us for somebody else. Because He loves them that much and He trusts you that much. There's a song by Hillsong United. The title of that song is Another in the Fire. I'm going to read the third verse, and I'm going to read you the chorus. The third verse says, There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may, in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning, I know that I will never be alone. Chorus, there is another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. We all have fires. And it's about building our faith. It's okay to build your faith. You may not like it, but the fire is the refining. It is the death of self so that He is glorified and that He is seen. So that God sees those around us. He sees them and He loves them and He'll let us walk through a fire because He's with us. It's not like, Ian, you know what, I, I love these people over here, so I'm going to send you to do something. Two things, good luck. And second, let me know when you get back. Tell me how it went. He's not that. He's like, come on, Ian, let's go do this. Let's go be involved here because I love these people and I want them to look into your fire, into your furnace. And I know it's hard, and I know it's difficult, but I want them to look into your fire and in your furnace and see me. Not you, but see me. Our Christian life is a life of surrender. It really is. It really is. And it's one of the things that we personally need to admit and accept and step into that, you know what? I didn't become a Christian so that it would be easy. I came, became a Christian because God loves me and He wants to reach those around me. We all have fiery furnaces. If you're not, it's kind of like this. If you're not in one, then you've either come out of one or you're about to go in one. It's this cycle that we get, we get to live in. How about that, huh? But we do. We live in it. But we're not alone. 
And that's the thing. And it's during these times that we get to cast our cares upon Him and that He is faithful and He is dependable and that He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. There are times in the fire that we're blinded and we don't see anything except the flames. In those times, believe that God is with you and ask Him this question, where are you in my fire? Because I need to know that you're there. I need to see you. There's not one person who wouldn't have asked that of their father or their parent or their grandparent and they look at you and said no. If my children ask me, Dad, I'm having trouble. Are you there for me? Yes, I am. What do you need? How can I help? God is not that distant father that will not answer your call or your cry. He will. Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. Right? Jeremiah 33.3 So if you don't know something, that promise is for you. Needless to say, God and I talk a lot because there's a lot I don't know. But it is. It is a promise for us. God is with us in our fires. He's with us to build us. He's with us to refine us. And He is there to reach others so that they see Him in what we're going through. Sometimes that's hard. And that's okay. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it and they're not. Let me pray for you. Father, Lord God, I thank you for the day that you've given us and allowing us to understand more so about the fires that we're in. But Lord, I just pray and I ask. Lord, I ask that we do not surrender our identities. That what you have saved us from, who we are in you, will be at the forefront of our minds. Father, I pray that and come against the enemy that comes in to steal, to kill and destroy. Father, to steal our, our joy, our hope. Father, to steal our identity, to make us forget who we are and whose we are. But Father, I ask for your strength in the fires that we face. May we see you with us. Father, may you restore our hope. God, I ask you to restore our joy, that you calm the voices in our minds and allow us to clearly understand who you are and that you are there for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.